0: Hello there, I'm Clara Ampho, and welcome back to This City, a podcast dedicated to the stories, the places, and the people of our wonderful capital city, London. Now, each episode, I'll be talking to some of the city's most recognizable names, whether they were born here or have made it their second home to hear their very own love letter to London. My guest today is your friend of mine, my fellow Radio One broadcaster, but most importantly, my mate. He is a brilliant broadcaster, quite possibly one of the funniest people I know, and someone who has most definitely made the city his playground and has got some great stories all about it. Without further ado, it is the wonderful Nick Grimshaw. My darling Nicholas, welcome to my podcast.
1: Oh, thank you for having me, Clara. It's always good to talk to you.
0: It's always fun. Um, Before we get into it, well, actually, I guess this is us getting into it. Um, Do you remember our first interaction in the city?
1: Do if you... you do, Fab, oh if you don't. Oh, my God. Do you know what? I... I... I messaged you earlier because I knew I was doing this podcast, and I said I'm so my memory is so bad, um, and I, I do take that as a positive in that and living in the moment. Oh, that's my spin on it. Um, but I, I honestly do not. I know we've had many a good time together, but I can't remember our first ever interaction. I remember one of my first big chats with you being at Radio One on the eighth floor. And it was in like that room next to the Life Lounge that's not the live Lounge. And I remember having a big chat with you. And that was, I knew you then, but that I think was like a breakthrough chat. <laughs> the breakthrough? Yeah, that was like, I like her a lot.
0: <laughs> oh, thanks. I'll tell you what our first interaction was. The thing is, you won't remember. So this was a bit of a trick question. So I was minding my business, in an H&M right outside Oxford Circus train station, the, the big one. And um, I heard like this music like blaring out of an H&M. I would have been like 20, yeah, 2013, I was like, oh, I'm going to have a look at what's going on in there. And you were in there DJing, yeah? And you played the... <laughs> don't, don't worry, it's not uncalled. You, you, Nick face is just like, oh my God, please don't tell me. It was me, me playing Venga Boys <laughs> and doing a corporate gig. <laughs> you were playing um, that... <laughs> you were playing that sick remix uh, mashup of Sugar Babes and Kendrick Lamar. Um, was it laying in swimming pools? Laying
1: in swimming pools, yes. Yeah, I remember
0: yeah. this. So it's yeah. So it was like their version of like, hold on, drink, drank, so no, no, drink. swimming pools. Yeah, and you were DJing against H&M, and you're really getting into it. And like, you know how it is at those gigs, like you uh, do them. Like the shop, some of the shoppers are like, yeah. and other, Some of them are like, what's going on? <laughs> and you're getting into it. And I remember I caught eyes and I was just like, oh, okay. That's okay. like a Nick Grimshaw guy. All right.
1: Okay. 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 Okay, hon. Okay. He's got a bit of taste. Okay. I know that you're a Sugar Babes fan. That must have been, you must have been like a moth to a flame when you heard that.
0: <laughs> Honestly, I it's like the pipe piper. I heard the music from the high street. I
1: just had to come into the shop.
0: Do you, do you do you remember
1: that gig? I do remember that gig. I remember I had I had pink hair. You did. Um, and I remember having to DJ that I can't remember what it was for. I guess H&M. But I remember DJing there. And do you know what? Sometimes DJing in a shop is... Or having to DJ in a party that's not a club. you like DJing at an event that's not a club is is... Is sometimes really awkward and really weird. But I remember that mm-hmm. not being an awkward situation at all. I remember people were having it.
0: Yeah, you look like you were having loads of fun. I was just like, uh-huh. Because <laughs> until then, I didn't know you. And I think, for me, my perception of you, which I still think some people are still just like, isn't he out, out all the time? We're just like, you lot have got no fucking idea. <laughs> <laughs> you like you're, you're you're very much you like to stay in i mean look, we all, we're all staying in at the moment but
1: like um but i remember at that time i was like oh it's, it's it's party boy near grimshaw i mean i definitely think that like that was what maybe like 2013 or something maybe um yeah, and i yeah, think seven
0: years ago seven
1: years ago like i i and Prior to that, like, I definitely really, really loved going out. I've loved going out all my life. I've loved parties all my life. Mm. Like, since I was a kid, I don't know if it was my mum and dad having dinner parties, I'd always want to come down and be at the dinner party with the adults and sit at the table and get my, like, I used to be in the brass band at school, so I'd get the trumpet out and do a trumpet performance. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, rewind, rewind. I do, I'd, I'd always wanted to perform.
0: Wait, you were a band kid? I hadn't... I, this is brand new information to me.
1: So I played the trumpet, but when I was in primary school, I, I, I started going to gigs in, when I was at primary school, but not like with my mates, like with, with my family. And my, my godmother took me to see The Prodigy, and that was like my f- first gig, and I loved that. And I remember that being on like a Friday. And then on a Saturday afternoon, or the Sunday afternoon... All my family and like our fake aunties and their families all went to uh, go and watch Brand New Heavies and Simply Red at this gig. Sick, and um, I just remember sick. seeing like, I remember like seeing like Brand New Heavies and like loving them and being like, ah, oh, I want to be in an acid jazz funk band, <laughs> like, like Brand New Heavies. So I really wanted a saxophone. <laughs> and then I wasn't allowed a saxophone. So then I thought the trumpet was like the next best thing down um so yeah that's why i ended up being in the brass band we didn't last very long i was pretty bad at being in the band and taking direction and i used to get thrown out of it all the time and always my mum would have to write a letter begging me me to be let back in and they'd be like no he don't concentrate and he's annoying and then she'd be like no concentrate this time but then when i got into secondary school i sort of fell out of love with it and just Got really distracted and could never. You had to practice at home, which I could never do.
0: Creative differences. Let's just call it that.
1: We had. I had creative differences at ten.
0: He <laughs> <laughs> he he knew about this artist life. Um, Oldham is is your roots, and I know you're so you're so proud to be from there. I know you love living in London, but proud Oldham guy. Where was the moment that twigged for you? Thought, hang on a minute. I don't know if I can be here forever and I need to go. I need to go to London. And what was your perception of the city before you moved in?
1: Um, well, we're, we're actually... I was born in Mosside and all my family are from... Which is like central Manchester. And all my family are from are from Manchester. And then we moved to Oldham when I was like, I don't know, three. I think we moved into the house that my my mom still lives in. Um, and uh, my dad was like very like die Man United fan and like a proper mank with proper mank accent and so it was my mum you know my mum was born and bred in 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 Mossside and they were like proper into the city and go into the city like our dentist was in the centre of Manchester and it wasn't a, a, a weird thing for us to go into the city all the time and um go for our tea there and stuff um, I was always drawn to going to the city because i I had an older brother and sister they're like 11 and 13 years older than me and they'd always be out raving in manchester and going on big nights out in manchester and talking about like these great things like the gay village and the hacienda and all these clubs that they'd go to and i'd be like oh i want in on that and then my perceptions of london before like i'd I'd not. I remember as a kid saying like, "I'm gonna go and do my A levels in London, and then I'm gonna go to uni in New York." And I remember like saying it to like a kid on a bench, and they were like, "All right." But I don't know what it was about it. But I guess you watch it on films and on music videos, or like on the telly or MTV or whatever. Like. It just seemed exciting. So I was like, yeah, I'll do my A-levels in London. And then I will go to uni in New York. Obviously, I didn't. Um, either of them. Um, but I don't know. There was just something about the excitement and the buzz of a city that I think got me all wound up as a kid.
0: Yeah, because I just have this, I have this perception of like little Nick or an even teenage Nick with your, with your pile of like magazines and being like, yeah, 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 I want it. Mm. I need to be in it.
1: Yeah, and like I used to love magazines when I was a kid and I used to always get The Face and always love In The Face magazine, which was, I guess, like a cross-section of everything, like primarily a fashion magazine, but it was culture and music and everything. And it's come back in, you know, last year or last two years or whatever. But I remember just Mm -hmm. like looking in that and really loving it and just seeing just different walks of life and seeing, you know, things that excited me as a kid that I wasn't necessarily seeing in oldham and and from you know out my mom and dad's window so there was definitely something that made me want to go to london and i guess it was like this life that was depicted in you know either music videos or on the telly or in magazines like the face
0: well what what music videos is there any ones that stick out you're like oh yeah wow. I, I need to be around
1: well th- you're like this i don't know if i've told you this but i remember i remember it was like um Mufti day at school where you can wear your own Oh, clothes. my
0: God. Mufti day. Stress. <laughs> Stress. Loved, oh, my God.
1: Loved Mufti day. And I remember um, Mo Money Mo Problems had come out and we were all obsessed with Mo Money Mo Problems. Mm. But when Mo Money Mo Problems had come out, I remember seeing a silver knee-length puffer jacket in a, in a shop in Manchester with my mum. And I was like, I want that. And she's like, it's too expensive. And I said, I want it. I'll have it for Christmas and my birthday. I'll I'll double up on it. I want it for both of those things. And she was like, well, if if you're sure. And I knew like Mufti Day was coming up. And I remember wearing like this silver knee length puffer jacket. And I was like, I don't know if you can get away with that because you're not Puff Daddy or or Biggie. You're... (laughs) 12 and in Oldham and white. <laughs> I, don't know if you, I don't have the same sort of finesse, I feel. I'm going to pull it off, but I honestly thought I was like. Uh, international rap superstar in it. I was like, like Missy Elliott in the fly. I was like, Look at me! <laughs> I didn't.
0: <laughs> but the, I, although I have to say, I have enjoyed the, uh, the the throwback pictures you've put on your stories recently. You were you were giving us sort of like you know, Queen Balenciaga, one <laughs> R- R- Realness with those with those nineties Lego trainers.
1: Oh my god, they were some strong looks. Some strong looks. Yeah, definitely, definitely experimented and always wanted ridiculous clothes as a kid always
0: do you remember your first trip to London why why did you why did you come down here in the first place your very first trip do you remember
1: my very first trip I remember little bits of my very first trip my mum and dad had friends um who lived down here and we came down and I was in like primary school, and we came down, and they lived just outside of London, and we came into London and had went for a Chinese, and I'd I'd never had a Chinese before, and um, I just remember thinking it was like what? what? Like I was obsessed when I was a kid, by the way, with China and ancient Egypt, and I was really obsessed with. Um, China. I just, I don't know why. I just really loved it as a kid. And I remember being like, a Chinese restaurant in England. And I remember being like, what? And when we went in there, they had a goldfish that was carved out of a carrot, and it was like, like a big sort of, uh, you know. Thing that you have in the middle of the table or whatever, but it was just a carrot that they'd shaved into a goldfish. And I brought it back to Oldham with me in an empty ice cream box with water in it. And I remember taking it to school and being like, this carrot's from London. And everyone was like, no way. That carrot, and I was like, and it's a fish. And everyone's minds were blown. And I remember it just started to get browner and browner and like a bit gray. And I was really sad that my (laughs) carrot goldfish, from a Chinese in Covent Garden was dying.
0: I was going to ask, how long did it last? (laughs) Not
1: long. Well, maybe. I don't remember how long it lasts, but I just remember being really sad about it. And then I don't think I ever went to London after that until I was about um, 13 and I came down with my dad and my dad was like, Die Hard United fan, always go season ticket holder. And he, he had a ticket for a London game. I can't remember who they played. Charlton? So, oh come on, I babe know. it's me I,
0: listen, please, please, I don't, I don't, I don't speak football, we don't speak that's football. okay. so, your dad was a diehard United fan. you'd go to away games mm-hmm. in 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 wherever, yeah, so yeah.
1: we came to London for this game, it might be in Chelsea, I can't remember who it was, but we came to London I was about thirteen, and the blue one, the blue <laughs> one, the, the blue one, <laughs> and um, I remember at that age at thirteen, I'd already decided that I wanted to be a radio DJ. And I wanted to work at Radio One. And I was very specific about it. Like, you know, I didn't say I just want to do the radio. I, I wanted to do Radio One. So I remember my dad got a hotel. And it was just happened to be near great portland street it was that holiday in um great portland street tube no way yeah so he got that just by pure coincidence and i remember being like oh no i know radio ones round here and i remember one day like we were only down there for like saturday and sunday the game was on the sunday and on the saturday i made my dad take me to Uh, radio one and i remember like looking through the windows and genuinely saying to my dad like i'm gonna work here like i want to work here and then i took it to like next level of weirdness and i was like right let me figure out where i'd go for lunch and i made my dad go to lunch somewhere near radio one so i could like fully manifest what would happen how weird is that?
0: That's, I mean, <laughs> I, look, I guess, like, from day, you just, you knew about speaking shit into existence. I, yeah, and my dad... mad.
1: And my dad was always like, you know, that was one of his proudest moments ever when I actually ended up being on Radio 1 because he said, I did think, like, you were just, like, chatting shit. And then when you worked at Radio 1, I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, I remember him saying, this is where I'm going to work and I want to go for my lunch here. And I made him go to that place, Landry, like, which is shut down now. But it was right by Radio 1, and it was where you'd go and mm. get a coffee before work and stuff. So um, that was, like, my first proper... London trip and I remember me and my dad we went to the football and then we went for dinner just me and my dad at this place um just off Piccadilly Langham's which I think was quite like 80s 90s bougie maybe so my dad used to come down for work quite a lot so he used to get took there so um we went there and then um my dad let me drink which he I was 13 (laughs) and um he let me drink. <laughs> I remember going back to the Holiday Inn and being like, "What a nice night!" And then, like, about half an hour later, having to wake up and be like, "I <laughs> like projectile vomited all in the bathroom." My dad was like,
0: "Bloody hell!" <laughs> <laughs> what, what did you
1: drink? I don't even remember. I think I was like drinking like nice red wine with my dad. I was like 14. Oh. And then yeah, I just puked it all up over the um the holiday inn in Great Portland Street. Forever
0: classy. and Things never change. Forever
1: classy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean s- sipping the tea. Sip the tea. <laughs> but then, you know what?
0: I love I love hearing. I love hearing these stories. And I, and, I, and I and I and I'm really happy to have this conversation because you know what? I think with anyone who gets any kind of success, it's so easy for people to think, oh, they just popped out of nowhere. Because there was a point, like I remember like, when I first became aware of you, it was like Nick Grimshaw, T4, Nick Grimshaw, Radio 1, Nick Grimshaw's out here with this person. But I didn't really know anything about you like before but mm. I think that's just the culture of like dare I use the C word not <laughs> celebrities <laughs> they <laughs> close <laughs> I mean I mean yeah. uh, we've we had some <laughs> we <laughs> but, like <laughs> But it's, uh, you know, it's, it's always that, there's that cliche phrase in it, isn't it? It's like, it takes 10 years to become a, 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 an overnight success and whatever. And people just assume that you're just plucked out of this box whatever. But like, you know, I I think we get along very well. And I think I've got a lot of respect for you because I know you don't come from some flipping like showbiz dynasty. <laughs> and, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't like your mum and dad were like, here's, here's son, here's the keys to Radio 1. I know everyone Here. To go and do the breakfast show <laughs> if you feel like. like it took no but it, it, it took it took a lot mm-hmm. of fucking work it took yeah. a lot of work so um i want to get into that like so how did you first get to london and just you and like and just kind of well yeah get your foot in the door like what got what got you uh in the old big smoke baby oh my god i call it the big smoke the big, I slap smoke, myself baby. The the big smoke baby the face My big shrug, baby yeah it
1: did it did um Take a while, you know, like, because I think for me, I, I I really wanted to be a, a DJ and work in music. And um, I, I remember, like, being probably... I don't know, not necessarily even music at the start. Like I wanted just to do something that was fun. And I remember thinking I really want to do something creative and do something that's not the average office job. So I remember when I was like 15, 16, I'd work as a runner on like TV shows in Manchester. Um, and I'd go and be getting brews for people and looking after the extras and worked on a few shows like that in Manchester. And then I did work experience at like uh, this management and uh, PR uh, company, which I like, did PR for Music acts. And then I went to uni and uni was a big, I don't know, Like I didn't want to go and do a uni degree really. But my mum and dad were very much like, you should like go and do it. Like we never had this opportunity. You should go and do this opportunity and you should, you should you know, do a degree. So I was like, all right. So I wanted to go and do like something creative. I wanted to go and do like media studies or art or something like that. And my dad was like, if you want to do that, no. you got to pay for it. So how you gonna pay for it? And he was like, "I don't mind chipping in if it's something like law, law." Imagine me doing law, and then I was like, "I object! I object!" Not- I <laughs> object. And then I was like, "I can't do that." So anyway, I went to uni, and then when I got to uni, and I, I ended up striking a deal with my dad. I did a business and media studies degree, like a joint honors thing, and I failed my business studies terribly, and then I passed my media really well I did really good in it Um, and then whilst I was there I did student radio all the time and I worked as like the head of music at the radio station like the student radio station that no one listened to and then in Easter and summer holidays and and Christmas holidays I'd go and do work experience either at a radio station or I'd go and work at this company called Red Alert and I worked there and they do PR for for bands and artists basically and I just loved it like I just loved getting to talk talk about music all day and not have to talk about anything boring and when i went there and i saw adults working doing something that they loved it was truly inspiring to me that i didn't have to like give up my passion of music to go and do a job like i could that could be my job so i i really really fell more in love with the idea of doing radio then because i was visiting radio stations so we take we we took one night um Black Rebel Motorcycle Club to a Janice Long session and like, and we took this other band that we were looking after I can't remember the name of them. I should, probably shouldn't say that and That's showbiz <laughs> That's showbiz <laughs> <laughs> They were, they were indie, I can't remember. Um, and I just, I don't know, like we, I was exposed to radio and going to radio stations and seeing radio work. And I just really, really loved it. And then my friend was working at Key 103, which was in Manchester. And she let me go and sit in on her show and, and like make cups of teas for people who were the producers and stuff. And I, I just really, really loved it. So then I was like, right, that's definitely what I want to do. It went from being a hobby and this sort of escapism in my room of, of listening to John appeal at night to being actually I definitely do want to do this and I, I had to just sort of then figure out how I could make it happen well my next step I thought was I've got to move to London and I didn't know why or what it was but I just thought I've just got to be where the action is and where I guess there's more opportunity for for creative industries. So I applied for loads of jobs in London, like so many jobs, that when MTV replied to me, saying, we want you to come in for an interview, I couldn't remember what job it was, because I'd applied for so many jobs. So I remember I got an interview for this job at MTV in Camden as the intern. And um, I knew I had to come to London and I was like me and my sister were like what are you gonna wear like oh we were like oh I don't know what you're gonna wear like it's MTV but it's also a you know you want to make a good impression so I was like well I can't go in like my like uni clothes because they're minging, but also I'm not gonna wear a suit because it's MTV and it's in Camden so I remember me and my sister went to Urban Outfitters on Market Street in Manchester and we decided on what to wear so I wore like It was 2006. So it was like a black skinny jean with a black boot. And I wore a white shirt and like a thin black tie. And... (laughs) 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 It was the (sighs) look... No, it's so bad. Um, but I remember like that was like the like at the time I was like very into the <laughs> libertines. It's like the libertines are working at Foxton's, is what I went for. But I remember getting off the tube in Camden and just feeling really alien there and feeling like kind of a bit like a bit of a nerd or something, like getting off in Camden, because everyone was like a goth, a punk. Like everyone's looks were so extreme in Camden. And I remember walking up to MTV in Camden and just totally falling in love with it and being like, wow, I really, really hope I get this job. And then I went and did my interview. And I mean, I I was like, I think it went all right. And then afterwards, I had my train, but I was like, I've got to go too. I knew that... um, John Carter, who is a DJ that I used to love and I used to go and see when I was at uni in Liverpool. He had a pub in Camden, the Lock Tavern. So I was like, before I got the train, I've got to go and have a pint in John Carter's pub. So I was like, oh, I'll find out where the Lock Tavern is. And I went and just sat and had a pint on my own in like my outfit. And then I got the train back back home to Manchester. And then they said, you've got the job.
0: <laughs> That's just like the, it's like the perfect, like, <laughs> oh my God. I've made it kind of sorry, isn't it? You know?
1: Yeah. Yeah, so that was like, yeah, 2006. And around at the same time, I was, I'd, was um I'd, through doing student radio, I'd interviewed these two girls that, you know, two of my best friends now, Mairead and Tabitha, who at the time used to DJ under the, the wonderful name, Queen's The Noise. How could we they forget? Used to, how could we forget? And they used to DJ around and they had like a column in The Enemy and a show on MTV. So when they came to, Liverpool, whereas at uni, they were putting a big night on, like a club night. And I interviewed them for my student radio show. And then I ended up going out with them till about one o'clock the next afternoon. And we went on this like huge rager of a night out. And there was like haircuts and smashed windows and like like so much craziness and i stayed in contact with them and myspace had just started so we were like chatting on myspace and i, I remember messaging my being like oh i'm gonna move to london i've got an internship um but i don't have anywhere to live like where should i live which area whatever and she said oh my god we're we're about to go to america for a tour they were on tour with someone so why don't you live at our flat and also, whilst you're there, like, do you want to like run the door for our nightclub? Um, so then, yeah, I moved down and I moved into um, Tabitha's flat in Tufnell Park. And um, I used to do the door and the guest list at their club night on Old Street. And then in the day, go to work at MTV as the intern.
0: Need to ask, what kind of door person were you? I can't quite call
1: it. Um, I was always chatty and would chat to everybody and I'd say a good, I'd say at least half the people, if not more, that I'm close friends with now in London, like, because I came to London not knowing anyone, were people I met on that door on Old Street. I remember the first night I did it, it was like a Mexican night. So I was dressed as a chili. Um, just stood sure. on Old Street dressed as a chili with a clipboard. Um, and I remember mum and dad being like, How's the media career? And I was like, It's all, it's all right. <laughs> We're trying.
0: <laughs> as Everything's as going in great. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I distinctly remember you saying this to me a few years ago that you I don't know, if, does your brother still nickname you London Wanker?
1: <laughs> no, he likes to call himself OG, which is original Grimmy. Right. And my brother, yeah, he's 13 years older than me. And, you know, he always jokes me like, if it weren't for me, you won't know what was what. You won't even be into music. And he is, he is right. My brother used to, like, play me, you know, NWA and A Tribe Called Quest and really great old house music. And he'd play me New Order and Kraftwerk. And so I grew up hearing so much great, great music, which at the time you don't realise is you know so great but mm. i was just like mm, this just whatever um and you know he's right like he he sort of opened up my mind and i guess my taste buds to music so yeah he does take the piss out of me um a little bit living in living in london and stuff a funny thing that happened was cuz he was like you know he's how old is he he'll be 50 next year my brother and so let he, me let
0: me just tell you dear listener grimmy hates me saying
1: Oh my it. God, here we go. But here
0: we go. Grooming's older brother is a bit of a spice. And me and Yasmin Evans offer one extra. We, we're fans of. of yeah.
1: Of Clara Grim- fancies <laughs> my brother. And I don't know why I find that weird, but I do. I do. I do. But yeah, he um, so he was like, the time he was going out and he was going out in Manchester, he was like friends with like the Happy Mondays and Oasis when they were forming and stuff. And I remember a funny story is that years, years and years past when I'd been living in London and I'd just started on Radio 1 and um, I'd be like, hi, it's Grimmy, like it's this time or whatever. And um, I guess it was when I was just new and I was just doing little bits on Sunday nights or weekend breakfast and Noel Gallagher, Texted my brother, being like, Yeah, some not bad on radio once, calling himself Grimmy. You better sort that out. And my brother was like, Yeah, that's our Nick. And Noel was like, Nick, Nick's eight. <laughs> <he was> like, <laughs> they'd know me when I was like a little kid. And Noel was like, He's what? He's on radio. Well, that means we're fucking well old then. I get, like, it's really interesting, isn't it? Just how life
0: just comes back as like sort of giving you these little. I guess yeah, all these little like pinpoints, isn't it? It's funny how things come back to, say, come back to haunt you. But I guess dare I say, <laughs> not come back to haunt you, but like it's just it's, it's it's funny how these things work out. Like I want to talk about, I guess that first big exposure you had because I obviously I know you very well now, but obviously I, I didn't know you in like that kind of initial like it's Nick Grimshaw moment. Like I'd say what like peak peak twenty what, 2009, 2010, like, where, like your sort of T4, Radio 1 crossover years, like, I, just that first introduction to you, like, I can only imagine to be, knowing the industry how I know it now, like, quite overwhelming. How was that for you, just sort of, like, coming down here and obviously getting to know people that we know like, as these very public figures, as just your mates, and just sort of being thrown into that world and everyone's been all up in your face, like... In and around town, was that like? Do you do you look back on that time fondly, or were you just be like, fucking hell, like that was, that was a lot.
1: So. When my internship finished at MTV, I really needed a job. And MTV would always say, do a screen test, you should do a screen test, you should be on the telly. And I was like, I don't really want to be on the telly, I really want to be on the radio. And um, I remember thinking like, if, you, if you've got to be on the telly, you've got to be quite professional and like slick. And I was like, oh, I'm not really that guy. So I just, I, I think I just want to do the radio really. And then when my internship ended and I couldn't get another job, I was like, ooh, maybe I should, <laughs> maybe I'm going to do something. <laughs> so I I got asked to go and do a screen test for E4. Um, and I, I went and did it and it went well. And they asked me to go back and do some more stuff. And then I ended up um, having this maddest summer. It was one of the maddest summers I've ever had because E4 signed me and... They said, but we can't use you because Big Brother's on 24 hours a day. Do you remember you'd like put it on and be like, birds cheap, yeah, cheap, yeah cheap yeah. or whatever. So I'd be like, um, they, they gave me the job. They said, but we can't employ you till Big Brother ends. Um, I was like, well, I can't, aff- I've got no money. Like I can't afford to live in London. I don't have a job. So I'm going to have to move back to Oldham. And they were like, oh, that's a shame. And I remember being like, oh, I guess I've got to go back home and live with my mum and dad now. And then... Last minute, they said, actually, we're going to pay you to stay. So we're not going to, like, pay you, like, the full whack of working, but we'll pay you some money to stay in London. So I was like, okay. And I think they paid me, like, five grand or something for, like, three months. And I was like, oh, my God, I've, like, won the lottery. I was like, what? I was, like, going around, like, balling. I had five grand. I'd never had five grand in my entire life. And I was like probably like twenty-three or something. And um yeah. I, yeah, twenty-three or twenty-four maybe. And um I just remember going out every single night and day of the summer in Camden which is where I met loads and loads of my friends um because um they were all people who were either musicians or also didn't have to do go to work um so they were they were also by
0: the way you're free to you're free to name drop on this podcast it's a judgment-free zone Who who are you meeting
1: I mean, it was through, well, through a mixture of me doing interviews once I started doing E4 and and T4. So a lot of the people that I was friends with, it was like their first telly experience as well. So I met one of my really good friends that I'm really that I'm really still close with, she lives in L.A. now, but with my friend Remy, it was like her first TV interview, and it was like my first TV interview, and she'd never been interviewed. She's a, an artist, and I was the presenter, and we didn't tell each other that it was our first time, and we just sort of did this interview together, and we just got on with each other. And um, I just, at that time, like, because... I didn't have a schedule, I didn't have flatmates, I didn't have a routine, I didn't have any responsibilities. If I met someone and liked them and they'd say, Do you want me to go to the pub? I'd be like, Yeah. And then I might go to the pub with them for twelve hours. And they'd be like, What are you <laughs> doing tomorrow? And I'd be like, Nothing. What are you doing? They'd be like, Nothing. So we'd do the same, the same thing. And we used to go to this pub in Camden, the Holy Arms, which was um right by work and when I worked there at MTV, we'd go there every single night after work. And when I wasn't working at MTV and I started doing telly, we'd also just go there every single day. And um, at the time, people going there were like regular people, like my age or a bit younger or a bit older or whatever, but they've sort of over the years materialized into being like massive, massive artists. Um, and it wasn't a planned thing at all. You know, it was just a, a situational thing that happened. So... You know, Amy Winehouse used to live in Camden, and she'd done Frank, but she'd not released Rehab. And I remember I'd always walk to work and walk through Camden, and I'd, I'd always see her. And we used to joke that we were like each other stalkers. She'd be like, "Oh, <laughs> all right, stalker," and I'd be like, "All right, stalker," because I'd just <laughs> see her all the time, and I'd bump into her in like pre on Camden High Street, and. Amy is one of those like magnetic humans. And like, I, I don't think I was alone in being instantly drawn to her. Also, I love a nutter. So I was just <laughs> like, oh, I'm quite like her. She's a bit of me. Yeah. Um, so I'd always bump into her. And then when I was working at MTV, I'd always bump into her and see her on nights out and stuff. And then when I um started doing t- um E4, I I didn't have a schedule. You know, I didn't have to To go to work nine to five anymore, so we used to hang out in Camden because she didn't have a job because she was a musician, and I didn't have a job because I was Doing like bits of telly and stuff. So I used to hang out with, with with Amy a lot in Camden. And then I remember hearing rehab and playing rehab and being like, oh my god, that's r- really crazy. It's old, but it's new. <laughs> 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 I and mean, be like, don't know if it's a hit though. Like I can remember thinking like, I think it's a bit weird. Like I think it's too weird. But um Glad she didn't obviously... listen to you. <laughs> no, imagine being like, yeah, no, drop that. <laughs> but I do remember thinking like it was like nothing else that was around at the time mm. I guess um yeah it was always really really fun times I have really fond memories of being in Camden and at the time you didn't realize how good it was and I know this sounds like such an old no. person's thing to say not but all, you just not thought that was like normal and then now you look back on it and you're like wow what an amazing free time it was kind of like an extended uni do you know what i mean like it was there was like little bits of work to be done but you weren't crazy busy you weren't hectic um and you were able to like go out and hang out with your friends who were very much on the same you know path of just wanting to go out and party and and have fun and not be too serious. I
0: love, I love hearing you talk about that time because, like, it, you can you can see how happy it makes you, and it just it sounded like it there was there was always like an innocence that time that I think that that you can't get back. But I don't think anyone can mm. get back
1: because you know, yeah, that, like, yeah, we weren't on social media and we weren't on Instagram, and we'd have a phone, but you weren't like addicted to your phone like we're addicted to our phones now. So you'd go out and you'd sit in a pub and you'd. You chat to people. You really get to know people. I just remember that pub being like such a hub of excitement and activity and people. And it wasn't like a celebrity pub. It wasn't like a posh pub. It was like a regular textbook dream pub, like a dirty pub that sold beers. Mm. All those people that we met there and used to play there and do gigs there and have all gone on to do, you know, really, really good things. And it's funny, like watching... Bake Off and seen no Fielding host Bake Off because he'd be there and you know like Adele'd not baking not, <laughs> not baking and you know like Adele would be there and Adele was like Jack Pignates, like mate and then all of a sudden Adele's like Adele and I don't know it was like a funny old time I don't know what was in the water well what water no I was drinking water <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I drank water was about 2012.
0: I do love that you mentioned like uh, the pub still being a thing. Because just quickly, I still blows my mind that you met your man in a pub. I, that for me mm. is a miracle. Not that you met a man, because listen, you, you got it, hun. But like the fact that people that you that you that you found love in a in an allegedly hopeless place, the pub, is still incredible to me. Because I'm just like the I don't know a single person. At this point in time, who, who hasn't met their partner like through an app and like mm. you're one of the rare people. Yeah,
1: it was um, when I was doing breakfast, like, because we was, you know, entering our 30s. Like I started that at like 27, maybe 28. But when we started getting to our 30s, everyone was like, I'm having a baby. I'm meeting this person, and maybe I'll get married. And I remember being like, "Oh my god, I want a boyfriend. I w- I need some some partnership here." And I remember our friend Amy, who is a, a fountain of advice and wisdom and knowledge. I- she incredible said, woman. Incredible woman. She said, "When you finish breakfast, you'll meet someone. And now is not the time. Like you've got to focus on the show. It's annoying. It's hard." No one wants to do that apart from you. She was like, "You like it, but like, don't drag someone else into that four thirty wake up. Like, that's your dream, not theirs." So I was like, "Okay, fair point." So she said, "When you finish, you'll have space to, you know, focus on someone." I remember being like, "Amy, what does she know?" And then I finished that show on the Thursday, and yeah, I met Nishak um, on the on the Friday, which is so mad, like literally the next day. Um, and yeah, I met him in real life. I I, I was. Really hung over on the Friday, didn't want to go out, and um, I ended up being dragged out by our friend. And she said, "Please, please, just come out with me to the pub." Half an hour, I was like, "I can't, I can't, I can't." And she came round to the house with some beers, and basically made me drink them against my will. And then was like, "Let's go out to the pub now." But once she had a taste, I was like, "I want to go." And we went out. <laughs> and then as we were entering, we went to the pub and we had a few beers. And then. We went to um, this club on Hackney Road and as we were going in, he was in the smoking area and I caught eyes with him and I saw him and I, I honestly had that feeling like the the fake thing that people say or people say in rom-coms like, oh, I, f- I honestly feel like I know him. or I, I was like, oh, maybe I know him from somewhere. And then I went in and we went into the bar and like this club was really loud and banging and... Um, When I got to the bar, my friend and I didn't get to speak. And then she said to me... (gasps) I just saw your husband outside. I went, oh my God, I saw him too. And she said, we've got to talk to him. And then I was like, oh, okay. Because I always get scared and don't want to, you know, I was always never good at talking to people like if I fancied. And she just marched over there and was like, oh, do you have a cigarette? And he was like, yeah. She's like, "Can can I smoke it with you? And she went outside and smoked it with him and then brought him in. And then now we've been together for like, Two and a half years, or something crazy,
0: and we love it. We we enjoy we enjoy you. I know you two love to cook um where do you love to eat in the city what are your most memorable like dishes in and out obviously not trying to hey jesse where shout out to you and lenny not trying to step on your toes we
1: are, we do are,
0: we do ask this but like where do you where do you like to eat
1: um we eat all over really like we love going out to eat we love cooking um we love all like we live in an area with loads of good turkish restaurants so we are really spoiled for really good turkish food so we love going for for turkish we love going to have a curry um the place that we really love which is where we had our first date, um is a place a restaurant called premiere and it's in like a a disused garage like an old garage that they've sort of semi-refurbed so it feels like a garage still but it's a restaurant and um it's like n- it's like nearly fancy it's not fancy it's just got candles in it right. so it feels special but not posh because i don't really like posh food and i don't really like a posh um, place to go and have dinner but the food's really really special and it's like all little sharing plates so we love premier we love marito and hackney road which is really Ooh, great again great it's like all small little plates and that's like north african tapas so i love sort of that Mo- moroccan food i love and mm. like it's sort of yeah tapas north african it's really good
0: i ask every single person who does the podcast do you still get the tube um and if so Um, What is it like for you tubing about? Do people hassle you? Do you like it? What is your experience with public transport? What has been your relationship with public transport? Because you mentioned obviously getting the train to Camden and being like, wow. Mm-hmm. So now in your day-to-day, what are you saying? Because I think a lot of people think the Radio 1 DJs get chauffeurs into work.
1: Oh yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, know we get, um, I get the tube every day. Like I get the tube to work every day. And I used to live um, like a lot closer to Radio 1. So I, I never got the tube, but I moved east like four years ago. And um, I I, I love being over here. So yeah, I get the tube every day. No one's ever um, bothered me on the tube at all to to say hello or anything. But um, no, I I really love getting the tube and I've always loved getting the tube. Like the novelty for me um, has never wore off since I moved to London. Like I just, I do thoroughly enjoy it every day. And I think I enjoy that time of, a bit of alone time where you can, like, listen to music and pretend you're in a music video and... The best. Think of what music video you do for the artist that you're listening to. And um, I I love getting the tube. It's like a time machine. I don't know if it's because I'm from up north that I'm still sort of charmed by the tube and that I can't get over those 10 minutes to town. I'm like, wait, what? It's like a time machine.
0: And it's like, hang on, if I get out of Piccadilly (laughs) Circus, I'm going to see... Pick it. Oh my God! Like
1: it is mad, isn't
0: it? Sometimes yeah. Discovering
1: yeah. those new spots. So I still, I still, I still love being on the tube, and it's been, um, you know, I used it all throughout this year, even in lockdown, and it's been, it's been kind of nice that it's been empty mm. because it's felt like not as stressful and as disgusting as the tube can be <laughs> every day when you're using it. But also, it's been a bit sad as well, like not seeing London at its fullest and not seeing. You know that thing that makes London what it is—the you know the the craziness and the, the the hecticness and and people and diversity and like you you really noticed like wow it does feel different this year London with 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 what's going on but yeah I've, I use it I use it every day.
0: It is, so I was just thinking about about what you said like just uh, um, adding on to the tube thing. Cause it just hit me, just randomly. I was like, I really miss dancing with people at parties.
1: No, and like
0: a just mm-hmm. a good old fashioned house party like or a post carnival yeah. after party. Like I just I I, I it's I, I can't imagine that
1: now, which is really scary. Yeah, watching watching um Lovers Rock on BBC the other night like properly made me miss parties and house parties and people and you know like London is is so good at all of those things, good at house parties and street parties and, you know, like it was it it did make me feel a little bit emotional. Mm. And I don't know if it's normal to feel emotional about missing a party. It's
0: it's absolutely normal. I am literally can't wait. I'm fizzing with excitement. Just the the freedom of being able to dance in the street with people. Like, I'm really looking forward to that. Proper.
1: Oh, it's so special. And, like, I just don't know. Like, I just don't know if we've taken it for granted that how... You know good for the soul a good party is and we're Mm -hmm. missing them now and i just hope that we can have parties and they're like they were before you know
0: i hear you don well on the subject of you know law enforcement and being in charge all those things that make us really happy Mm -hmm. right now (laughs) gotta ask you what i ask uh, most of my guests if you were mayor for the day yeah or for a month however long you felt like doing the job what would you change about the city? What
1: would you, what would you enforce? There are no rules. Wow, that's, that's a big question. If I was mayor for the day, what I'd do is, I don't know if it's the mayor's job to encourage partying, but if I was mayor, it would be. Um, one of the things that I really loved was, obviously this year's been totally shit but one of the the good memories and one moment that I really remember really clearly and still get emotional about was the moment when all our neighbours went in the street and clapped for the first time. And when I first heard that was happening, I remember thinking, if I was a nurse working hard at the NHS, I don't know if I'd want everyone to clap, I think it'd be annoying. Like, what's that doing? And I remember hearing like that being a a thing that was gonna happen. I've been like, is it a bit patronizing? Like, is this nice to do? Like they're working hard and I'm just gonna clap. And I just remember going out into the the street and clapping and being really, you know, overcome with emotion and seeing all our neighbors' faces and having that connection, which I personally have never had in London. Like I know my neighbors and knew my neighbors when I've lived in other places. Admittedly, when I was younger, all my neighbours hated me because I'd be having parties every night. But there was something <laughs> that happened during those claps that made us all closer. You know, we we loved it and I look forward to it every Thursday, like seeing the neighbours and waving at everybody and everyone's families and saying hi to everybody. And we've all started a WhatsApp group ever since then. And it's nice. Like that sense of community is, is really, really special. So if I was mayor i try and instill that. And I don't know what it would be apart from I would love to close roads and let people have a street party and everyone yes. brings out a table and everyone brings out like whatever food their family makes. And we have a party the whole street and everyone can try each other's food. And that's what I'd do if I do for Asmere. Just have that sense of, you know, the the, the community enforced legally <laughs> <laughs> have fun everyone
0: <laughs> have fun well I on that alone would absolutely vote for you my darling but until then Thank you just got to be you got to be a presenter <laughs> on radio one sorry <laughs>
1: <laughs> but when I'm mayor and enforcing people to have a dinner party in the street <laughs> they're like I don't want to do this you have to it's the law
0: it's the law um, Nicholas Grimshaw I love you so much
1: Love you too, Clara. Thank you so much for having me on your podcast. It's always such a joy to see you and talk to you.
0: Thank you so very much for joining me for another episode of This City. I've been your host, Clara Antfo. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, please let us know. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Please rate, review, and don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, so you can catch the next episode as soon as it lands. And also, do let me know who you would like to hear next. I'm all ears. Thank you so much again for listening. This has been a Sony Music 4th Floor Creative Production.